This episode has been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. You are invited to attend their open house on November 10th to discover what makes Heschel special. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. That's Toronto, H-E-S-C-H-E-L dot org. When we arrived in Maidanek, pushed out of these wagons and immediately we were separated into men and women and then grown-ups and children. That's the sound from the testimony of Canadian Holocaust survivor Pimpa Scooter. It was filmed over 25 years ago. It was part of Steven Spielberg's Shoah Foundation project. Back in the 1990s, the famous Jewish Hollywood director of the movie Schindler's List created a worldwide effort to film the testimony of as many Holocaust survivors as possible. Teams of interviewers were sent out to film people around the world, including here in Canada. Pinchas Guder talks about surviving six concentration camps as a teenager and about his parents and twin sister being murdered by the Nazis. The video is one of over 50,000 now sitting in the Spielberg archives in California. They're all digitized and housed at the University of Southern California and are available to watch for schools and for researchers, and the videos are used to teach about the dangers of anti-Semitism and hatred. Now, after so many years, there's a new push on to once again find the survivors who didn't participate the first time. And aside from those who survived the camps, they're expanding to include more categories this time. Russians, hidden children, DP camp babies, survivors from the Middle East and North Africa, war veterans, and more. The organizers of this last chance collection here in Canada expect there are probably several hundred people still alive who could do it. And not just for the world to see, but because it's good for them. It is not just an amazing uh, resource for the families, an amazing resource for the world and for researchers, but it's also been shown to promote tremendous healing in the Holocaust survivor who is finally able to put their story out there. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, October 25th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Back in the 1990s, the first time around, I was actually one of the volunteer videographer assistants for the Shoah Foundation program. We went with trained interviewers and film crews to the homes of Holocaust survivors in Toronto. About 2,000 Canadian testimonies were collected back then for the Spielberg archives. The Canadian launch of this Last Chance collection happened on Sunday with officials from the Shoah Foundation in California, together with members of Vancouver's Holocaust Education Centre and Liberation 75, the Toronto-based Holocaust group that will be in charge of the Canadian initiative. Coming up, we'll chat with Marilyn Sinclair. She's the daughter of a Holocaust survivor, and she's running this Last Chance collection in Canada for Liberation 75. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Ruth Weiss in New York, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Remember the episode we did two weeks ago about the 14-year-old boy from Thornhill who invented a daily prayer book app specifically for people who have Apple Watches? Well, since then, Eitan Steinfeld reports that he's had nearly 110 new customers. That's nearly double what he had the week before. So check out the CJN's Instagram account today and you'll see Eitan's interview. 
In other news, the Shadow Light exhibit of a replica Holocaust cattle car is open for visitors on Monday, October 25th. It's in Toronto's Trinity Bellwoods Park. The project is the brainchild of a University of Guelph graduate, Jordana Leibovitz. She's a granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. Her team's immersive experience allows visitors to feel what it was like being herded by the Nazis inside freight cars, packed tightly and transported to their deaths. Did you know that Canada has about 10,000 Holocaust survivors still, and it's the third largest survivor community in the world, and that it's actually growing because of new arrivals from the former Soviet Union? That's why so much attention is being paid to collecting the missing Canadian Holocaust stories. The project's being launched just ahead of Holocaust Education Month. Organizer Marilyn Sinclair of Liberation 75 joins me now from Markham, Ontario. How did this, did this program come to be? I think that people have realized that there were so many stories that weren't captured that are such important stories to tell. So we know that in the 90s, finishing around the mid-90s, 52,000 Holocaust survivor testimonies were collected. And for those people who don't know, it was really um, the an output of the of Schindler's List, where the survivors who were consultants to Steven Spielberg said to him, you know, it's one thing to know about our Holocaust histories, but you need to know our entire lives. What happened before? What happened after? We're not just a pocket of time of persecution. We're really entire people with entire lives. So Steven Spielberg took that inspiration and decided to film testimonies from victims of the Holocaust from all over the world, culminating in 52,000 testimonies. And then the testimony collections stopped from the USC Shoah Foundation. And now, 25 plus years later, we're realizing there were a lot of stories that weren't captured, probably because the people themselves weren't recognized as Holocaust survivors or didn't recognize themselves to be Holocaust survivors, such as the hidden children, the children who left on the kinder transport, the people who, who lived out the war in ghettos or in hiding, um, the also stories of the res- resistors and liberators and people born in DP camps and people who were persecuted in the Middle East in North Africa, and especially probably the largest group are those from the former Soviet Union who who fled, who were displaced, who suffered tremendously, but were never in the camps. And um, this is coming just ahead of Holocaust Education Week, but also in a time in our world where um, there's a very important story that needs to be told about the Holocaust for not just memorial reasons, but for other reasons. Maybe you can speak to the importance and the timing of this uh, initiative. It is an interesting point in time indeed, Ellen, and I suspect that when we do record new testimonies, we're going to hear perspectives from Holocaust survivors that wouldn't have necessarily been part of their narrative even 10 years ago. And that is, for instance, uh, many people know Max Eisen, Holocaust survivor Max Eisen, talks a lot now about the the hurtfulness um, to him of seeing swastikas 
painted on the walls of public buildings, to seeing the outpouring of anti-Semitism in our lives now. 20 years ago, I don't think we would have those kinds of statements from Holocaust survivors. They may have commented on the march on Skokie or some things that happened that were pivotal moments for survivors that engaged them in setting up museums and educational centers, but nothing like what has happened with social media, what has happened in our schools, um, what we're seeing with the anti-Israel pro-BDS movements. That's something really quite new. And I think even capturing the anxiety and the pain that's caused by that movement to Holocaust survivors and their descendants is a new story in and of itself, but such an important story at this point in time. So uh, walk me through some of the, the technical aspects of how this project is going to actually be done. So I imagine there are so many testimonies that were never given that really could be given now. And, and I think in trying to capture those testimonies, we are using both a combination of technology, trying to get the word out through social media, through emails, but also a very grassroots approach where we're looking for people to go into their families and communities and ask Holocaust survivors and people know, who know Holocaust survivors, have they ever recorded their testimony for the USC Shoah Foundation? And try and engage grandchildren and children to convince those survivors who were hesitant to give their testimony. Their testimony could be 10 minutes, Ellen, there could be five hours. It doesn't matter. And we can bring in a film crew. We can capture those testimonies in any language that the survivor's comfortable giving it in. Or we can do it on a Zoom format like this um, and bring in a whole camera kit as well. So any way that the survivor's comfortable giving their testimony, we are happy to capture it. Okay. Anything I didn't ask you want our listeners to understand about this project? It is not just an amazing uh, resource for the families, an amazing resource for the world and for resource, uh, researchers, but it's also been shown to promote tremendous healing in the Holocaust survivor who is finally able to put their story out there and release it from themselves. So it's a real mitzvah to have us record a testimony. Please help us get those stories. And also for the children to understand, because sometimes the parents never talk about it, right? Or they talk too much and there's trauma in the second and third generations, of course, which is what you've been you know, educating about for a long time. Absolutely. And what a gift for subsequent generations that are yet to come. If you want to find out more about the Last Chance interviews or how to take part, the link is in our show notes. Aside from the new interviews they hope to do, another part of the initiative is to track down existing videos, which have already been done over the years by families or local Holocaust groups. And there could be nearly a thousand of these, they think, and these could be incorporated into the Spielberg collection too. that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, integrity, community, quality, and customer care. This episode's also been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. Attend their open house on November 10th. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. Today's listener shout-out goes to Dora and Saul Edelstein of Saint Laurent, Quebec. They actually live on the end of the street where I grew up, so perhaps you'll listen to the CJN Daily when you go to Florida this winter. And we'll end the episode with a sneak peek at an upcoming show, just in time for Halloween. You'll meet the Canadian horror writer who says Jews have a special understanding of what it is to be scared. 
A lot of what Jews tend to face is very introspective. It's rooted in a lot of either long-standing generational trauma or it's rooted in kind of personal struggles and identity and sense of self and our place in the world and all of these very complex notions. And I think there is a lot of beautiful subject matter to mine there that, you know, that, that the rest of the world has had the opportunity to mine from horror. And I think we have an opportunity on our hands now, especially more than ever, to make use of that and to tell our stories in unique and different ways that maybe we never felt we had the right to, because we do. Mm -hmm.